You are listening to Hospitality Talks, a podcast about all things hospitality through discussions with industry leaders around the globe. Here are your hosts, Abid Butt and Sam Eric Rutman. Good day, everybody. It's uh, wonderful to be back with you. And today's episode, we're going to be focusing on tourism in Africa and investment landscape in Africa. Africa is a very diverse continent with uh, rich cultures, 54 different countries, uh, lots of different languages are spoken. In uh, 2018, uh, Africa experienced 67 million inbound uh, travelers that visited the region, and that pace had continued over over the past few years. We will get to learn how the pandemic um, affected that inbound tourism and what the tourism industry looks like. Uh, I am Abbott Butt. It is great to be here with you. Welcome to Hospitality Talks. And I'm here with my co-host, Sam Eric. Sam. Thank you, Abbott. I'm really happy to uh, again co-host with you uh, this episode where we are covering uh, the African continent. I mean, we are long overdue for an episode in Africa. We were there last year, but now I'm very glad that we have some distinguished guests here for us to to share the views. And uh, and uh, Africa, for many people, unfortunately, is not very well known as it should be. So I hope uh, this episode will open up some some uh, views that they didn't know about, and and also to show the, the, the great potential that uh, the African continent has. So if that's okay, Abid, we will bring our guest uh, to, the, uh, to, to the show now. Absolutely, Sam. Uh, uh, so we have two of the uh, industry uh, professionals, Trevor Ward, who is the founder of uh, W Hospitality Group. Trevor's uh, knowledge and experience expands globally but uh, uh, as of late, in the last decade or so, he is focused on emerging markets, particularly Africa uh, uh, and, and throughout African continent. We also have with us Olivier uh, Granet. He heads up Casada Capital Management. Uh, Olivier has spent quite a bit of time in Middle East and Africa. And with the launch of uh, this uh, fund, which is a joint venture between Qatar Investment Authority, which is a sovereign wealth fund, uh, and Accor, uh, Olivier has taken the reins on this $500 million fund that is targeting investments in sub-Saharan Africa. Gentlemen, thank you for being with us. Welcome to Hospitality Talks. Thank you. So uh, if it's okay, uh, Trevor, I'm going to start with you just to better understand uh, Africa in general terms. And and then uh, uh, Olivier, we will bring in in a little bit. As Sam said to most of the people, Africa is when you want to go to a safari type thing. Not many people understand the, the the complexity of Africa. Can you uh, just briefly talk about what uh, the the potential from lodging and hotels point of view and different segments that uh, currently exists in Africa? Trevor, I think you muted. 
when you told me to mute and you didn't tell me to unmute. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good lesson for us, if you have to tell <laughs> <laughs> So, um, it, 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 it's not just the complexity of it, it's the scale. Uh, as you say, uh, we, we talk about Africa, Africa, but it's 54 countries, and, and, and that ranges from Egypt. Uh, across to Morocco, and, and of course they're quite well-known countries in terms of particularly European tourism, American tourism, Chinese tourism, down to South Africa, all the way in the south, and that's a 10-hour flight. Sure, forgive me for interrupting. If you don't mind, uh, we can barely hear you, so you might have to shout a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'll talk a, a lot louder. Is that better? <laughs> Much better, thank you. Okay, okay, all right. So I was saying about the scale of Africa, but from north to south, it's a 10-hour flight. From east to west, it's a five-hour flight. Um, and it's 54 countries which are very, very diverse. So we cannot generalize about Africa. That, that, that's the first thing I'm going to, I, I must point out here. Um, it, it is indeed known it's quite well known, often for the wrong reasons, Africa, uh, war, famine, uh, things like that, corruption. But of course, there's always two sides to Africa in that it, the, the beauty of, uh, of many of the countries, the safaris, the, 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 the Kilimanjaro mountain with the snow on top, uh, at the general countryside, the jungles in, in Rwanda. Um, so... Africa is the unknown continent uh, to some extent, you're right. Not many people know that much about it in detail. But of course, myself, I, I, I moved there in 2003 to devote my professional career to Africa and the hotel industry uh, in Africa, uh, advising on hotel development primarily, also hotel operations, hotel branding. And, and Olivier also has devoted his professional career now to Africa from a from the from a, an investment point of view. So we're we're working together, if you like. I'm an advisor; he's a, an actual principal uh, investor I, I, into the hospitality uh, industry in Africa. Very very diverse concept. Superb, superb. Well, thank you for that. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about impact of COVID, uh, 2020, as we all know, uh, uh, the world has been in a bit of an upheaval. Lots of things have changed. Our industry was possibly one of the worst hurt industries. So if, if you wouldn't mind talking in general terms, the impact of COVID uh, on the performance of hotels, 2019 versus 2020. We were no exception. Uh, it, it, indeed, if you compare the, the STR data uh, for Africa to, say, the USA, um, it, it really is chalk and cheese. That if you look at the, the American industry during uh, 2020, not a lot of hotels actually closed down. In Africa, generally speaking, never generalize about Africa, but in Africa as a whole, I think 70% of hotels contributing to STR closed completely. So that huge difference uh, between uh, Africa and, and the US and, and, and to Europe. 
Why? Primarily because we are the scale that I talked about before, uh, and we are so reliant on air traffic. Um, and without, so without that air traffic, uh, and uh, why was there no air traffic? Because countries closed their borders, countries closed their their uh, their, um, their airports to all traffic, not just international, but also domestic traffic. Therefore, no no demand for for hotels. With with one or two exceptions, South Africa is one. Uh, we don't have drive-to markets like you do in Europe, like you do in, in the United States. Uh, roads, borders, uh, all sorts of visa uh, problems, etc. So we were possibly harder hit for those reasons. With, with occupancies down in the 20s, 30s, 40s, of hotels that remained open. So therefore, if you took the whole inventory of hotels, uh, in, uh, including those closed in 2020, our occupancies in Africa were in the teens. Wow, uh, it's certainly, uh, without the airlift, people have no way of getting to the destination. So we have always been dependent on the airlift for at the best of times, but uh, during the pandemic, I'm sure it, it was uh, challenging in more than one ways. Uh, Trevor, were there any particular markets that performed better during the pandemic? Were there any hotel types that might have done slightly better in spite of the fact that the business was down more than 50%? A lot of the hotel inventory was not even operating. Other countries, other regions, uh, hotels that, that, that were remote, hotels that were rural, uh, were able to perform okay, so long as government permitted them to. Um, an awful lot of the uh, negative impact on our industry globally is actually government driven. Uh, it's regulation from government in terms of uh, aviation, in terms of border controls, in terms of restrictions specifically on hotels, restaurants, hospitality. So where hotels were allowed to be open, it was those uh, remote, those rural uh, hotels, which were able to attract some demand, but they were few and far between. I mean, it, my, my home adopted home country is Nigeria. Everything was closed, uh, whether you were rural or city, everything was closed uh, for several months. Uh, in in terms of the current inventory of hotels, Trevor, uh, where would you place them on chain scale basis? Are most of them luxury, upper upscale, upscale? Uh, where do major where does majority of the inventory fit? Well, you're generalizing, aren't you? Um, so oh, well, of course, of course. Where, where are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, where are we talking about? But um, uh, in in if you like, in pioneer markets, um, the, the capital cities in some of the lesser known countries or, or those with lower, um, lower visitation, it, it does tend to be the higher end of the market that gets, um, that gets uh, developed first. So it's the upscale and upper scale uh, hotels, uh, not, not so many in the luxury market outside of, say, 
South Africa and Nairobi, cities like that, and, and Lagos, Abuja. Um, it's in the upscale, upper upscale. But then you take a country, the, the, the countries with bigger scale like Kenya, South Africa, um, you, 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 you have uh, economy hotels all the way through to luxury. So uh, no, no, no generalizations on that one. What, what we are, perhaps your next question, uh, is that where, where, where is the development opportunity? And that, and that is actually the, the, the next uh, phase, if you like, in the cycle is to come down from the upscale and upper upscale into that uh, mid-scale and economy level. Well, th thank you for that. That's precisely what I was going to ask you. Is there one particular segment of hotels that are being uh, developed better than the other? And I'm going to turn it over to Sam here, here in a bit. So is it really that luxury is too expensive to build and the returns aren't there? And most of the, the new uh, hotel development would come out in upscale or mid-scale uh, brands? Luxury is very expensive to develop. Uh, that, that is a fact. Now, uh, uh, over in, in, in Nigeria, our build costs generally are much higher than, say, in East Africa, uh, and their build costs are more, far more expensive than South Africa. Reasons... Um, uh, customs duties are very high. Uh, we import everything in Nigeria. We don't make anything, so we have to import virtually everything. Cement prices are double in Nigeria what they are in, in many other countries in West Africa and certainly elsewhere in Africa because of uh, monopoly or duopoly. Um, so so it, is, it is really expensive uh, to build uh, at, at a luxury. Level. I'm not saying it's impossible to make it work, but it, it's a real challenge. At the other end of the scale, at the economy, um, economy and uh, mid-scale, what, what, what you need is, is, is scale. Uh, that you cannot just build, uh, for example, one Ibis hotel with, with 60 rooms like you find in France or like you find in the UK. You need many of them. And, and if, if if a developer could crack that nut of having the land, the permissions uh, to do, say, 10 at one time, uh, I think that is a, a tremendous opportunity. But, but I'm already building in those opportunities, uh, those challenges to that in, in securing sufficient land with permissions and, and everything in order to be able to do that at the same time. Terrific. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm going to hand it over to Sam, and I'll be back with you in a moment. Sam, Eric, over to you. Yes, thank you. And uh, before I start any questions, I just want to mention we have a few viewers who are saying hello. Alice Ward is here saying hello. You probably know him, Trevor, very well. <laughs> and then we have Bala Muhammad Yunusa says hello also, uh, who are joining our, our show. So warm welcome to all of you. Uh, Trevor, I have a question regarding, you mentioned that, uh, uh, that the hotels are completely closed. Uh, during this time, there are two things that I just think about. One, what is being done with the hotels? Are there uh, some renovations or what are the way that are the handling during the shutdown period? And secondly, what are the staff, uh, how are staffing dealt with and what are the things being done to 
in a way to support the staff during this difficult time? Um, it, it's easiest for me to speak about Nigeria, um, if, if I may. That, um, when hotels closed down, um, most of them furloughed those staff on, on some level of salary. There's no social net. Uh, there, there, is no, there was no government support. And, and I'm sure that's the case in most, most um, countries in Africa. But there isn't a, a, an unemployment benefit of any kind. Uh, and um, certainly in Nigeria, there, there was no targeted uh, palliative from, from government either. So, but, but staff, I mean, the hotel wanted to retain some level of authority from those staff so that they could, could bring them bring them back. Um, and um, I, I know from, from my own experience that, that when I close my office, uh, um, uh, my staff have all been working from home. But at the get-go, I gave them uh, sacks of rice, the oil, the, the normal presents that we give at Christmas. I gave them at that time. And I know that was a... You know, something that they appreciated quite quite a lot uh, to to be able to have that, and I know of hotels who did did the same uh, for their staff. But they're looking after them, and they you know they keep them on the health plans, for example. Very 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 important to be able to do that as a as a as a caring employer, but also an employer looking after their own interests and saying we want those staff back as, as and when we can and bring them back. I do know hotels which have been able to restart. Uh, completely, uh, because they 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 are, ramp they are ramping up uh, to some extent already. Uh, I remember from our last year episode, uh, our guest from Mali was mentioning in, in their particular case that uh, they are uh, they, have, they are very disciplined with the safety precautions, and everybody is wearing a mask. Because considering now, if I'm looking at things here from the European, there's a lot of people who are totally against wearing a mask and they are in fact demonstrating and they are very sort of disruptive about this matter. What is your experience from where you sit, let's say Nigeria, of uh, following the safety precautions that are laid out for, for people? Well, um, it, it, it's, it's very Africa, outside of South Africa and North Africa, seems to have been less affected by COVID-19 uh, than have, say, than, than have many other countries. I, I, I can't go into the reasons for it. I'm not a medic. I'm not a scientist. Um, there is some thought that many people have actually had it and didn't realise it. Uh, so asymptomatic. In Nigeria, there is, mask wearing is the exception uh, rather than the norm, unfortunately. Um, I was in an East African country uh, back in September and, and I didn't see anybody apart from hotel staff wearing a mask. So uh, it, 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 uh, um, I, don't, I don't know, it, 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 it's a difficult one. Uh, and. and People look at Africa and think perhaps, well, if that is the case, then um, then we're wary about going there. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, maybe have another type of questions. From the many signed pipeline projects in Africa that have been delayed or even cancelled due to the COVID, uh, where do you think the rec uh, recovery will come from, or where or what type of pipeline projects in in if you can uh, any comment? This is a question that comes from one of the viewers, Fre Frederick van Lennep. Where, where does the pipeline come from? 
Yeah. Yep. Well, in- inevitably, we're going to see a slowdown in the pipeline. Um, people were not inclined to be starting new projects. Um, people, uh, the the the, the, the uh, development teams from the chains, they couldn't they couldn't travel, so they couldn't be signing deals. Um, I, I, I don't see any particular change in the nature of the pipelines coming through. We, each year we, um, we collect data from, from the hotel chain. We're doing it currently for our 2021 study. And I'm not seeing any particular change in the types of deals um, being signed. What, what we are seeing, um, and this is the first soundbite from the data this year, is that an awful lot of hotel uh, scheduled opening dates for hotels is becoming TBC, in other words, to be confirmed. But there's an awful lot more uncertainty when you get to not not just greenfield projects, but also those that are already under construction. Um, that that owners are, are just unwilling to commit to opening dates for obvious reasons. Yeah. Well, thank you, Trevor, and uh, may I hand over now to back to Abit for a few more questions. <clears throat> thank you, Sam. Uh, 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 Trevor, I know you are a very soft-spoken person to begin with, but uh, 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 your your sound is coming in very low. So, if I may ask you to move it up a, a couple of decibels, that would be great. Wanted to wanted to ask you a little bit about the global chain versus regional chains, branded hotels versus independent hotels. Do you see more potential in independence in, in uh, branded hotels? Uh, where do you think the development will go? Um, there's always been a huge amount of development at the smaller end of the market. And when I say small, I mean, I mean fewer rooms. Uh, than in the bigger uh, end of the market. It's, it's the, the hotels that, that one person can do out of their own pocket, perhaps a conversion of a villa into a small hotel uh, or a, a 50, 60 room new build uh, as, an, as an independent, uh, perhaps with local finance. But in, in my experience, it's, it's always, always often, most often been the case that in order to build a, a large hotel, in order to get the finance for that large hotel, you need a brand because the lender is insisting on it. It's a tick in the box at the top of the page. What is their brand? Who is their operator? So moving ahead without that as, as it mitigates against doing it as, a, as an independent. Of course, there are always one or two um, exceptions uh, to that. At the same time, Recently, I think before COVID-19 and also during 19, you are seeing some of those independents moving towards the brands for the safety of their their distribution. Well, thank you, uh, Trevor. One last question and we'll bring in our, our next guest. Uh, the current profile of the hotel ownership, uh, are they high net worth individuals? Is there institutional money? Are, 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 uh, uh, who currently is playing in this sandbox, if you would? In, in West Africa, um, there are 
far more high net worth individuals or, or, or some people who think they're high net worth individuals are uh, are the owners of, of hotels. Uh, there are one or two institutional um, uh, investors and owners in, in, in Nigeria. You have Transcorp, uh, which owns two hotels uh, in Nigeria. They're a, a major conglomerate. Uh, otherwise, they, they, they do tend to be individuals. One or two quoted companies like Akeja Hotels PLC. Over in West Africa, you have more institutional investors. Uh, the pension funds are more involved there. Uh, and uh, quoted companies, a, a, as well as down in South Africa. But otherwise, um, it, it, it is a feature of hotels in Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, that they are, they are individually, many of them are individually owned. Well, thank you, Trevor. Please stay with us. Uh, we'll be back with you in a moment. And at this particular point, I'd like to bring up Olivier Grenet, who is heading up Casada. Um, Olivier, thanks for being with us. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thank you very much, Abid. It's a pleasure. So, Olivier, uh, first and foremost, congratulations on your most recent acquisition, and, and would love to hear about that. But before we go uh, uh, into the specifics of that portfolio acquisition, uh, tell us a little bit about the fund and what, what are you focused on and, and what types of opportunities are you considering? Well, thank you. So, uh, Casada is, uh, is an independent investment platform uh, fully dedicated to uh, hospitality in, uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, we focus on, on the key cities and we are looking for a certain scale, uh, primarily on the economy and mid-scale segment. So as presented by, by Trevor, we are really looking at, at the next phase of, of development uh, on the continent with the view that uh, uh, phase one, like everywhere in the world, is to exist in the map. You, tr you try to have a, an upscale hotel with your conference facilities. There is still some few places where this is needed on the continent, and that's something that uh, we are happy to, to do it as well. But uh, now in a number of countries, uh, it's probably the right momentum to look at the next phase, which is mainly economy and mid-scale hotel, to offer a new and attractive uh, offer for the African growing emerging middle class and, and all the people uh, traveling to, to the continent. So that's, that, that's, our, that's our positioning. And this is to answer uh, a very important market gap. There was the question, which was a very good one, about uh, what's the reason and all the project delayed and canceled due to COVID-19. Well, the reality is that for the last 10 years, and uh, I'm sure Trevor will confirm, there is always a huge gap between the number of projects announced and the reality of the new openings uh, because of, of a number of challenges. And uh, as you have mentioned, so we have raised 500 million US dollar equity with with the backing of uh, of Accor, the hotel operator, and also the uh, the sovereign wealth fund of Qatar. Uh, Accor, you know the strategy of most of the hotel operators where they are going asset light. 
However, in Africa, uh, if really you want to succeed, there is a need today to, to provide the financing and, and the platform to be, to be able to do it. So we like to, to be a, a solution provider and to co-invest and, and to have a number of discussions with local and regional uh, investors in order to facilitate the link between this local investment and, and the financial institutions. Olivier, uh, the, the uh, fund will invest in uh, mid-scale hotels or economy lodging, as you mentioned. Uh, are you, are you uh, looking at operating hotels predominantly, or would you be open to developing hotels as greenfield development or brownfield development or adaptive reuse type of stuff? Is your focus on operating assets only? Yeah, we had we had to revise. Uh, I mean, adjust our strategy. Uh, our original plan. We we have a long term vision. So the original plan was to focus uh, with a majority on greenfield hotel, and and this is about investing, building hotel. Uh, this is also about creating job and bringing the training and the support. Uh, in, in, in the market. And we know that a number of people are, are doing already a, a, a great job. Uh, however, try to bring additional scale. And that, that's what we can bring to the market. Um, due to COVID-19, well, uh, the reality today is that there is a need, uh, first of all, to look at existing assets. And instead of creating jobs, uh, as it was mentioned before, there is no social net. There is a number of, of situations quite difficult uh, for the owners, for the employees. So it's it, it's about preserving jobs. So that's that's today our focus. Well, that's that's very interesting, Olivia. Typically, the institutional money, uh, uh, particularly a, a private equity vehicle, would shy away from greenfield development. Uh, so what's your hold horizon? Obviously, today you can probably acquire far less than the, the replacement value, but uh, what's your hold horizon? Uh, it, it, does it give you a competitive advantage to put the greenfield development in the mix? And do you feel comfortable enough that uh, the delivery of these greenfield projects would be timely on budget and and how do you underwrite that development risk in these projects? Yeah, that's a, that, that's a very good question. You, you have to be realistic on, on the market and the existing challenges. So uh, I have mentioned the access to financing, but, uh, and Trevor uh, answered your question regarding construction costs on, for the luxury hotel. The reality is that to keep under control uh, timing and cost uh, in, in most of the countries in Africa, it's very challenging. So uh, Casada is not only a pure financial vehicle, this is also to look at critical size with a number of partnership in terms of construction. And again, it's not one size fits all because we're talking about 54 countries, huge continents. So what you can, the type of partnership that you can establish in a, 
uh, Francophone Africa is not necessarily the same as East Africa or Southern Africa, but if you look at the different region, you can expect to have a certain scale and to have a more uh, industrialized approach in terms to uh, work on, on the cost and try to keep the benefit of, of your size. So for Casada, uh, this is about uh, probably a network of 30, 50 hotels that that we are looking at, so it helps to to bring this this efficiency uh, on the market and to avoid that each project is again a, a new challenge and, and and you start from uh, uh, from from scratch and and, and this is a, a a new adventure. So we 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 try to replicate and find the right business model to 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 build our hotel or or to renovate our hotel. So, uh, 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 help us understand your most recent transaction. Uh, Africa, at the best of time, transactions can be challenging with multiple different jurisdictions, possibly different currencies. Uh, but you were able to carry out these transactions across three countries, about uh, 1,600 keys, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, 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 t uh, tell us a bit more about that and in, in what were those discussions like as you were evaluating that portfolio? Yes, absolutely. So this is a transaction of so eight hotels represented 1,600 keys on, on three countries, uh, three key cities, so Dakar, Abidjan, and, uh, and also Douala in Cameroon. Uh, and yeah, we are. We are very. Uh, I'm very proud of the work done by by, by all the teams. It, it demonstrates the, the skills and, and expertise that exist in in our platform, and this is also uh, our very strong support and uh, and belief in uh, in the uh, hospitality recovery and, and in our sector. So this transaction has been uh, announced uh, last uh, last month. Uh, and and yes, was was the result of uh, of uh, of uh, a process which is which is always challenging. I mean, like in in all MNA transactions, but but here it's in Africa, so each uh, jurisdiction is is different, and and this is something where you need to have the the understanding. So this uh, global knowledge and and skills in terms of MNA can work. Only if if you have the the local expertise and and your partners uh, on uh, on on the ground that that can help you to to understand and 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 make sure that you can align your your timing and that was probably the most difficult part to ensure that between the number of approval to get uh, you 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 can uh, with these different directions be, be be aligned in your in your timing and that's. That's what we did, but uh, yes, it's it's a it's a challenging process, of course. Uh, Olivier, in in evaluating the the portfolio or single asset transaction, whatever the case might be, in mature markets, you have a lot of information. You will have comps, you will have cap rates that you can apply. Uh, you have lots of other lenses that can be put on to value the transaction. How did you do that in the current environment in Africa, in multiple jurisdictions, 
uh, well, hats off to you and your team for overcoming those to be able to close on this transaction, but help us understand some of the things that you were looking at for this particular transaction, but generally as you evaluate different opportunities. Yeah, this this exists. So you have uh, we, we have a quite uh, strong database, and thanks to to Trevor and uh, a number of his other people on the continent, there is already quite good level of of, of expertise. And so we have we have our database with uh, all the transaction and and, and the comp. Uh, we have some expert for valuation report, and of course, all of this has been done. However. Your point is is very valid, and 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 the big difference is that uh, if you compare with with US, uh, I think that's uh, very uh, a few weeks after uh, all the discussion on on the COVID, you you have this gap between uh, seller and buyer, and then you have a market, and you have a certain liquidity in the market, and. And then you you start to realize that okay uh, most of the buyer are looking for a 30 40% discount seller expect 15 20% max and and then you see every month how it evolves and 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 you have facts and figures to be able to to demonstrate it here in africa it you don't have such maturity you don't have such liquidity uh, so this is probably more difficult to bridge the gap between buyer and seller and and you need to have uh, some so, some creativity to better understand what's the objective of of the seller and how we can try to build something around it and and and, and find the right way to to align our interest and, and find a compromise so that that's why we really like this positioning as a solution provider because that's here in Africa, that's 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 how it works. So, do you think that the the, the investor profile uh, in Africa is changing? Obviously, that's the uh, Africa has been labeled as the next frontier for lodging investments. Uh, as you mentioned, globally, uh, liquidity in in hotel transactions. Uh, from 2019 to 2020 was down 60%. And of the transactions that it, that transpired in 2020, virtually 50% of the transactions were in uh, Q1. So the rest of the year, it was stagnant. So do you think in Africa, is the investor profile changing is more more institutional investors are coming in is the market uh, uh, reaching that maturity uh that's a very important point so this is evolving uh you have a, a few new players so i mean when we did the acquisition of this portfolio there was there was some 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 competitors so it's it's interesting to see that uh you, you start to have a a few players with with the capacity to to do some large transaction. However, uh, and even if we sometime we might be competitor, but from my perspective, from what is needed for our industry, it's not fast enough, and 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 it's not yet the 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 the, the size that uh, 
that is needed in the market. So I'm confident that this will evolve and, and with with a lot of humility, if what, what we can do with Casada and demonstrate that this is working and that, I mean, when we started, uh, everybody was looking at us and saying, well, 500 million equity. And we announced that we were also looking to 500 million debt. So uh, our target is to is to deploy 1 billion US dollar. And everyone was was looking at us and uh, including uh, my friend Trevor and saying, but wow, you are, you, you are quite crazy. It's, it doesn't make sense. It's not possible. So you, you have to be realistic on the timing. And, and, and again, if, if it's a typical phone uh, regarding your, your previous question, if you are looking at three, five years and, and that's that's your exit, well, probably it, it's not realistic in the market. If you take a long term perspective, uh, yes, it, it makes sense, and uh, and uh, we 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 are confident uh, on our pipeline and capacity to do it, and and we see a, a, a number of opportunities. So this will evolve, and uh, and uh, for us as well, when we look for exit, we we we, we have a bet on the fact that uh, there will be uh, uh, more uh, more liquidity uh, coming to the market, and uh, and uh, the fact that uh, today. Uh, there is this discussion and uh, hopefully uh, providing uh, uh, and generating more interest for African market to some people that are not necessarily exposed is, is, is something which is very important and uh, that we'll have uh, uh, to develop in the future. Well, terrific. Uh, let, me, let me hand it over to Sam Eric here, uh, Olivier, and I'll be back with you in a moment. Thank you for all your input. Thank you. Uh, and just have a couple of questions on the Casada focus area in terms of uh, geography. You mentioned uh, your focus is on, on the economy and mid-scale and in order to cater to the emerging middle class. Could you give us some, a feel of uh, where would you be, uh, if, let's, if you look at the timeline of five to ten years, where you're going to see yourself being, uh, having, having presence? Um, well, this, this is to cover key cities, so we really would like to, so we have our first transaction, an important one in, uh, in Western Africa, but for us, uh, Central Africa and uh, uh, Lagos uh, is, is, is a priority. We're looking at a number of other countries in Central Africa, East Africa and South South Africa, including uh, Joburg and Cape Town, uh, because this is, even when uh, the good news for us is that from our perspective, when you look at fact and numbers, there is no market where we, we, we don't see opportunities. So in some market, the pipeline uh, and, and risk of oversupply, sometimes it it's, exists a little bit more. But, but at the end, if, if you try to see what's the existing offer, there is always opportunity to bring new concept and and when we're saying eco mid-scale I, I really would like to insist that this is bringing very attractive product to the market and and it, it's it's a question of price positioning but today and that's that's our fight uh, you can bring reasonable construction costs to have some great concept and and it can be lifestyle concept it can be uh, things which are which are really new and and what what I hope is that in the future when you will see our properties you will be 
quite quite surprised on uh, the fact that uh, this market, which is sometimes considered a little bit uh, uh, behind in terms of, okay, well, th that's the concept that are working. The penetration of international brands is not is not great. It's 10, 15%, one of the lowest worldwide. So you have this view that Africa means something which is a little bit done great compared to the rest because of challenge. Uh, I really hope, and I know a number of other people that have the same belief that together we can demonstrate that in Africa, uh, we can be a market leader and, and provide some very exciting uh, and, and innovative concepts. Oh, very interesting. Can you share a little bit, what is the, uh, from your, your perspective, what is the, the, the future client? What, are, what kind of experience are they looking for? When you talk about the emerging, emerging middle class, are, uh, they are well-traveled within Africa or they travel mostly uh, to other countries and you are trying to attract them to uh, spend more time in their own country, just to understand a little bit the, the customer profile and their expectations. Our, our expectation is to have probably between 70 to 80% of our guests in the future that will be guests based on the continent and traveling from one country to another. So, of course, the international travelers coming from Europe, US, Asia uh, will, be, uh, will continue and will be always welcome. Uh, however, there is this young generation, uh, young, very well connected, with a strong uh, attractivity for international brand and concept. So from my perspective, this is as uh, challenging and sometimes even more uh, compared to how you can make the difference and attract your guests in uh, Paris, London, or, or, or in US. Uh, so that's that, that's the way we we look at it. So there is a lot of expectation from from this young generation, and and like everywhere in the world, we need to build the trust and confidence uh, post uh, COVID nineteen crisis. So we need to ensure that there is all protocol in place, and this is uh, the same concern and the same type of request that you can find in, in more mature markets uh, with uh, also uh, this sustainable development approach, which is very important. And especially you are in Africa, what is your local sourcing? What is What are you doing with local community? Uh, what about the promotion of... Uh, uh, of your uh, of your uh, GM and what's the percentage of of people that have been educated and that that have a chance that that's what people expect with with an authentic approach. So even if we are very uh, proud to benefit from the support of of Accor, so all our hotel where we invest will have Accor brand, uh, uh, bringing international brand needs at the same time uh, to have this focus on local experience and authenticity. So uh, travelers are expecting uh, the, the confidence and the trust and the, the quality of international brand, but at the same time, 
they expect to have an experience when they travel to Dakar, Abidjan, Lagos, uh, Nairobi, or South Africa, which which is different because these countries uh, are very different one from each other. So, will you, will because I'm just trying to imagine how things would look like, and I would be very excited to see that that you would be using local designers, local talent to bring the colors, the flavors, and the sounds of that particular area. So if I would travel to Dakar, for instance, I would really feel that I have just arrived there. Is that, is that the approach you're looking at? Or maybe you can just a few comments on that. Absolutely, absolutely. So we, we, we need to, again, we need to find uh, the right efficiency uh, because at the end, you also want to pay uh, a price which is fair and reasonable. So we need at the same time, and that's our challenge, uh, to ensure that everything which is not visible for you as a guest is optimized, industrial, replicate from one country to another. However, everything which is related to your experience as a guest need to have this local content, uh, local approach, and, and local flavor. That's 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 an exciting challenge for us. I'm not saying it's it's always easy, uh, but we are very working very hard on it. And uh, and 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 you have a number of of talents in the country that that exist in terms of of of, of designer and 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 entrepreneurs that that that, that can help us a lot. So uh, uh, we believe also that I mean you just mentioned Dakar. Uh, go today to the to the Pullman Dakar, and, and, and you will see that, well, this is a Pullman, and you can get all what you can ex expect as an international traveler on an upscale uh, property. Uh, at the same time, uh, the, 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 the connectivity uh, and the quality of relationship with the local uh, artist uh, is very impressive. So every week you have some events taking place, you have uh, you have a, a, you can cross a number of artists in the property that's make a place which is very lively and, and and that's for us exactly what what we are looking for excellent well thank you very much Olivier for sharing this uh, I'm very excited to hear all, all the things that you are sharing with us so may I just uh, pass it over back to to Abid for any final questions <clears throat> Thank you, Sam. I, I, I've got I've got a gazillion questions, but I'm sensitive of the time. So uh, a, a couple of other things as we uh, continue to look at the investment environment, uh, what are the capital markets like? Uh, are you being able to find debt from the local banks, or how are you uh, putting your cap stack together for these uh, acquisitions, Olivier? Uh. It was pre-COVID-19 uh, crisis the the most difficult part, and well, as of today, uh, without any surprise, this is even more challenging. So, you have a number of of, of banks. Uh, we have we have financed uh, our our transaction in uh, in uh, in Western Africa. Uh, not with the expected ratio of, of debt equity, so we have to, to revise this a little bit. Uh, however, um, the view here is that uh, if we want to, to face the reality and if we want, and that's for Casada, but that's for uh, every uh, hotel development on the continent, 
there is a key and major role to be played by the DFIs. Uh, the market today, and probably for the next uh, 18 to two years time, is, is, is not functioning properly with, with the bank. So there was a number of improvements that have been made over the last years. Uh, however, today the situation is very, is very challenging. So there is a need uh, to work closely with, with DFIs to help uh, to bridge the gap where, where for a certain time it's, it's difficult for, 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 for the commercial bank. So we, thanks to our size, thanks to the, the quality of, of our LPs, we, we, we have been successful for financing of transaction. Uh, however, uh, the reality is that uh, it's, it's, there is a need if you want to have the scale and to do it uh, in a fast and efficient manner, uh, we need also to have some support from uh, from DFIs, and uh, and uh, and that will that will help to bridge the gap. Hey, Olivier, for for a fund like yourselves, and and for the LPs that are involved in the fund, if they were right investments with the right returns, would you consider? Doing an equity transaction and, and recapitalizing it somewhere down the line when we are through COVID, or or is it best to find uh, debt as you transact? Well, we 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 are we, we believe that we are able to do transaction with financing. Sometimes uh, not uh, exactly at the optimum level, so. What what we can expect is that when uh, uh, condition will will improve in the future, uh, then we might have some discussion to to complete our financing and to ensure that we are back to uh, to uh, normal and, and standard market practice. Uh, however, uh, yeah, to to finance 100% equity uh, today is 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 really a stretch. So. Uh, we, we need to, to, to find uh, some, uh, some financing and uh, that's why I mentioned that uh, uh, it's important as well to when it's too, too challenging for commercial bank to have some support from, uh, from the FIs. So uh, Olivia, one last question and then we'll uh, bring everybody back together. Uh, I, I am sensitive of time, but I still have, this is a fascinating conversation, uh, particularly in a, in a market that was showing incredible, incredible promise and incredible growth trends, uh, 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 particularly pre-COVID. Now, one of the challenges that has been surfaced uh, uh, for investments in Africa is the currency risk. Apart from a small area where CFA is pegged to Europe, currency risks are uh, deemed prohibitive for some investors. Any thoughts on that? <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, often, uh, where every survey uh, with investor in Africa, that's often the, the first point which, uh, which, is, which is coming. Uh, well, our, our transaction is, uh, our first transaction is in, uh, in Western Africa where you, we have the, 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 the France CFA. So uh, uh, that, uh, that, that was a little bit easier. Uh, but then it's, it's how you can also uh, have a financing with, with, with a mix between uh, local and, and art currency. 
the reality of, of each market is, is different because what is the percentage of your revenue driven by uh, international guests and, and, and how does it, does it help to, to compensate? But it means that uh, every investment today in the continent needs to go through uh, a revised approach and a good understanding of the macroeconomic environment and how this can impact your the feasibility and the return of, of your project. And, and that's why it's, it's so important to have a, a diversified team with different type of, of skills and talents in the team or to work with some uh, advisor on the market to, to look at the global perspective and to understand uh, we, we are talking about countries dependent to oil, we are talking, so you have, you have different factors that have an impact and that will that might translate at a certain point on on your on your currency. So uh, it's important to understand the risk and to define your strategy on how you can mitigate the risk. Well, thank you, uh, Sam Eric. If it's okay, let's bring Trevor back. But I'll continue uh, with my next question back to Olivier. Olivier, uh, how have African nations responded to COVID? Uh, from a broader perspective, with with uh, occupancies and revpars down virtually sixty percent from a year-over-year perspective, uh, any thoughts on on uh, how the different nations have responded to COVID? Uh, I'm I'm glad you're asking the question. It's it's uh, it's the glass half full, half empty. So uh, if we look. Uh, purely on um, uh, on our industry and, and, and what happened in terms of an impact in terms of, of rate power uh, for our employees uh, in most of the countries, no, no, no real social net. Uh, yeah, this, this is very difficult. And if you take a broader perspective, you have people saying that, well, last 10 years of development in Africa have just been lost and you look at the GDP per capita and it's, it's back to what it was 10 years ago. Uh, my view is, is, is far different and, 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 more, and, and more positive. Uh, um, the reality is that on the last year, there is an understanding today in a number of countries on how important the hospitality and tourism in industry is and the impact in terms of GDP on the economy, the impact on on, on, on the number of people working in this industry and in terms of infrastructure. So in, in a key city in Africa, having the right hotel and conference facilities and capacity to welcome your, your guests is, is key and will remain key in the future. So uh, I'm pleased to say that on the last two, three years, you had a number of announcements by a number of countries about a plan, a 20 years plan, and, and, and a better comprehension of, of what is needed. However, yeah, this has been impacted by the crisis, but I think that this is probably the good timing now to, to, to have this, this discussion again between uh, key market players in our industry and, and a number of governments. And, and I'm sure that uh, there is a number of women very open for, for such discussion. Uh, and, and the effort that has been done uh, on the continent by the, at the level of African Union with a number of countries is, 
is underestimated and and and, and is very impressive. So uh, one year ago, I mean, last March, April, uh, come back to all the comments on Africa that it will be it will be a catastrophe and number of people will die, number of economy will collapse, number of social troubles, number of, of economy down. Look at the situation today. Yes, you have a default on, on with, with Zambia, but, but look at what happened. The situation today is, I believe, if you look at the positive side, demonstrating all the effort that have been done on the last 10 years, uh, the quality of a number of representatives in, in Africa and the work done by the African Union is, is great. The capacity to negotiate debt, uh, today the fight uh, with on, on, on vaccine, where in fact you have often a better coordination here in Africa than a number of other countries in, in, in the world. So I think that we, we need to look at this and this is for me a very positive sign and I strongly expect and hope that the, this African uh, free trade agreement and that enter in force on the 1st of Jan, yeah, it, there is steps, it will take time, but this is uh, exactly what is needed on the continent to facilitate this export, this travel, and to create this big market that is needed because today, Yes, it's a huge market, but with 54 countries, 54 regulation, and number of import duties and, 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 and travel, which are not so easy from one country to another. So for me, this 1st of Jan, uh, with the entry in force of this free trade agreement, is uh, paving the way for hopefully uh, a better future on the African continent. Well, that's that's uh, stunning, and there are lots of examples around the globe, as we all know, that those kinds of initiatives absolutely help the economies in in the region. Trevor, if you don't mind, a qu question for you: uh, keeping Africa in mind, keeping what we have just gone through with COVID pandemic, uh, or, or do you see any new disruptors in the industry? Do you see the industry? dramatically changing as we come out? No, I can't say I do. Um, Airbnb, the, the, the classic disruptor globally, um, has, has, has taken a, a, a good hold down in, um, in South Africa, particularly in Cape Town, uh, to a lesser extent over in Nairobi. But we've not really seen it um, too much. Um, and, and maybe that's because of our reliance so much on international travel. If there was more regional travel, uh, then then that product might be might 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 be more important in in our lodging industry. If, if I and on that note, just picking up on what Olivier said about the African free trade area, if you see what happened in East Africa with the um, East African community, uh, has been reasonably successful with, in terms of um, free trade within that. Uh, small area, uh, four or five, five countries, uh, in terms of, of, of trading and manufacturing. But the, the, the African free trade area is supposed to, like, one of the, the main thrusts is actually trade within Africa, Africa to Africa, which is actually very small currently. I think it's 12% of the economy is Africa to Africa, which obviously reduces, therefore, the level of intra-regional trade 
um, uh, sorry, travel, uh, with, with, with greater manufacturing, greater uh, ability for states to trade between each other, there would be more regional travel. Uh, and, and perhaps, as I said, that's where Airbnb could come in as a, uh, as a more of a force in our lodging industry. So, in, 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 in my next question could be to both of you, uh, from, from Africa as a region, and again, it's a very diverse region, and I'm generalizing, if, if the African nations were to be able to gain investor confidence uh, for foreign investment coming into the region, are there th the, the hurdles that can be removed? Are there things that can be done to gain investor confidence? And Trevor, if you don't mind uh, going first, and then, then Olivia can add to that. Well, you're, 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 you're talking about the, the, the whole challenges of um, not, not just Africa, but any I I emerging economy um, in terms of institutional strengthening, for example, um, that dealing with government can be extremely frustrating because they they're still finding their way. Um, they're, they're, they're still not used to the, the, the population being their customer, if, if, if you like. Um, but the, the bureaucracy abounds. I mean, it's quite extraordinary sometimes um, what the, the obstacles are put in the way. So that government gets it is, is so important. And I, I would use Rwanda uh, as one of the big uh, leaders uh, in that um, on, on continental Africa in, in terms of the, the ease of doing business has rapidly gone up the charts. Um, I, I think it's number two in Africa after Mauritius. Um, but they claim you can actually set up a business in a day. Um, now, I've, I've never tested it personally, um, but, but, but I, don't, I don't doubt that. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the biggest challenges is it can, can be dealing with government and, and, and some of the, the negative uh, aspects that, that come from that. So I, I, I'm not sure there's too many challenges that, that, that are unique to Africa that you wouldn't find in other um, uh, developing, uh, developing nations, uh, either, either now or, 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 or in the history. But investor confidence it, it that currency thing that whole currency aspect is, is a major problem there I, I read a survey once that for, for investors who are not yet in africa that that was number one was, was the currency risk and, and we've seen that in in many countries uh, in, in africa including including nigeria uh, where where the, the currency has has uh, been reset uh, they, they call it devaluation. There's been reset a few times uh, ju just recently, and, that, and that's a major, major issue for any any investor. Uh, uh, I guess it might, it might be. I, I guess none of us are uh, e economists. I wonder if there is an equivalent of a euro being looked at for African continent. Uh, uh, Olivia, any thoughts on uh, what can nations do to gain investor confidence? Yeah, you have you have a number of of still a number of, of obstacles for for investing and for people traveling in in Africa. But again, um, 
I'm very uh, interested to see how you have a number today of investors not being present on the continent and uh, getting the understanding of, of, of the strategic interest of being in the continent. So today you have a number of discussions around how to mitigate the risk, the currency, and, and how to better understand the market. Uh, uh, an issue often is, is, is the liquidity, the size of the market. But you have a number of people today uh, in, in US, in Europe, in Asia, looking at the African continent. And if you can convert just a, a, a portion of what they are investing worldwide on the African continent, then this will be a game changer. So if we can combine this with with some some example, and uh, yeah, Rwanda is definitely a very good example. So you, you see that this can go uh, very fast, and but you, you have a number of countries, other countries that are making some some very good progress as well. So uh, compare the ease of doing business now compared to to what it was uh, so, some years ago. So. Yes, there is still room for improvement, for sure. But if there can be a, 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 a point uh, where uh, this uh, strategic interest from some investor and then some effort done by, by government uh, to, to be able to, to start to deploy some, 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 some new capital, uh, that's, that will then uh, be a totally different picture. Terrific. Uh, so, Marek, I, I have other questions, but is there anything uh, that our viewers want to know? Or, or uh, let me turn it over to you for a couple of seconds. I just have a few other questions and we can start to wrap it up. Well, we have several viewers, of course, we have from Nigeria. I can see that. I'm not sure where, if there's anyone from any other uh, countries in Africa. Of course, there are uh, asking for some investments for the existing projects, but I, I will spare you those uh, questions. They might be in the, if you want to look at them in, in YouTube in the future. No, I don't really have any specific, but uh, um, uh, I just want back to you, Abed, for any final questions, and then we can wrap up. Okay, great. So, uh, Olivia, back to you. What's, what's future for Casada? I know your charter is... Uh, 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 that the investments uh, for the emerging middle class uh, if, and the uh, hotel uh, brands are going to be a core brand, would you uh, raise another fund? And when do you see that happening? Would you uh, be interested in acquiring some regional players that are that have got good presence in the market? What's What's the future for... Uh, Casada. Well, we are, we are a private equity platform. So, uh, as a private equity platform, uh, yeah, in the future, capacity to to raise some additional funds will 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 hopefully uh, uh, come. However, uh, the first uh, priority and and our focus is to uh, build uh, our our portfolio and and demonstrate. Uh, uh, what we can achieve on the continent with with our track record, and that's that's what 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 is needed. So, on on the coming years, there is there is a lot to do. That's that's quite exciting, and uh, all the team is very much committed on on this, and that's 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 what we are looking at. And 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 we we are 
we are a solution provider. So again, it's not a question on our side of of of, of targeting some specific asset or, or specific group is is to have a close relationship with uh, uh, most of the key market players and and to understand what's what's the strategy, what's what's the need, and is there something where there is uh, some uh, avenue for Casada to bring support or not, and 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 and, and that's uh, how we position and uh, what we'll do in the in the future. Terrific. And, and one last question to both of you. Uh, I know there has been tremendous amount of infrastructure investments that have uh, uh, come throughout the continent, some as a foreign investment, some that was done as a domestic initiative. Uh, do you see that helping tourism and travel industry? And what else needs to be done? And Olivier, if you wouldn't mind uh, going first, and then I'll go to... Uh, uh, um, Trevor. Well, the the last we, we are based in South Africa. The the last example is uh, uh, from uh, uh, our our partners at uh, at the Sovereign Wealth Fund of, of Qatar. We, they have made uh, recently a major announcement with a partnership with Enel on on renewable energy. So. Again, when, when you see this, this type of transaction, back to the previous point, this is a good indicator that uh, there is some appetite from uh, foreign investors to come to the continent, and which is, of course, good from, for our market because we're dependent on, on the economy. And, and in most of the country, we really consider uh, hotel as, 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 as infrastructure. That's, that's really true in, in Africa. So... In this case, renewable energy is also even more important because in terms of sustainable development, what it brings in terms of uh, new, new skills and new capacity on the continent can also help us in the future uh, to generate some, uh, some, some saving in our hotels. So uh, uh, that's, uh, that's for us a very, a very positive sign. Terrific. Thank you. Uh, Trevor, any additional thoughts relative to infrastructure, uh, development, investments, uh, how does that help? What else needs to get done in, in, in the uh, continent? Well, specifically on the infrastructure uh, question, we, we, we can't survive uh, without uh, basic infrastructure. Uh, moving on, as Olivia says, that hotels are part of the uh, corporate infrastructure, uh, social infrastructure. But we need roads, we need airports, we need seaports, uh, and tremendous advances uh, since I, I've been working in Africa for over 30 years. I've been living there for nearly 20 years uh, now, since uh, the early, early last decade, um, sorry, two, 2000s. Uh, and um, one of the, some of the best examples in West Africa, you, you go to Accra, where you have a Turkish uh, company has built a new air terminal. And rightly, it is world-class. I mean, why shouldn't Accra have a world-class air terminal? Well, it has. It has got one. So, sadly, some other countries still lag behind. Um, the Chinese have been building uh, world-class terminals in, in Nigeria. Uh, we have the bridges, we have the motorways. Um, over in um, uh, Somaliland, 
in, in a, in a, a port called Berbera, which, which, which most of our viewers have, have never heard of. Dubai World has put over $400 million into that seaport. Now, that seaport doesn't, of course, exist in a bubble. It's got its road network. It's got its rail network. And, and all of that contributes to economic growth. And economic growth contributes to, to our own hotel industry, um, both from, uh, from, from, from uh, providing uh, reason for international travel, reason for travel to come, and increasing the, the domestic wealth for uh, domestic tourism, domestic use of hospitality.